0: should be good tonight so that will keep the editing to a minimum i tell you man like um editing out like all the the crap and and ugh. all right I, welcome back i'm just know. You, you can go all right this i was going to say okay. i
1: just left it the way it was because it was mostly me talking anyway so
0: this is because my internet was garbage but see you you have like i i have standards and you just you just throw it up there like I where, where you got garbled, I tried to cut out the silence and put together the garble so it made like a semi-coherent word, you know. No, no. See, I try. I've talked to, dear I can talk to some of my
1: listeners of my show, and because I'll I'll be thinking about something and I'll I'll be putting together a thought as I'm recording, and I'll just like stop and think about it and make sure that I word it right and everything. And mm-hmm. and I've even had some of them tell me like. I have to look at my phone and see if I accidentally paused it or if it like turned off or something. And Is then Justin
0: having a stroke.
1: And then I realize it's just you formulating your thought and, and you'll you'll pick back up here in a couple seconds. And, and you know, it usually doesn't last more than five or six seconds, but I, I'm perfectly okay with dead space. Like that's I'm yeah, I'm one of those weird people that I don't mind some dead space here and there.
0: I know. I it some of it's not bad. I edit I edit most of it out, but you gotta be careful if you like edit too much, it it messes with the the conversation and messes with like emphasis and stuff like that, you know, but um all right, we'll go. Welcome back to empty tomb episode seven. Are we on seven? I think this is seven.
1: I think it's six actually, unless it you did a solo one without me.
0: Yeah. That's the one that I guess um that was like two weeks ago it was five and then six. And I think we're up to seven now. If they just can't find five, I guess they just can't find five. Um, no, I think I think it's six. But uh, you're right. I'm trying to I'm trying to jump that that hurdle, that like seven podcast doomsday hurdle. Just trying to land yeah, right on. it. people
1: don't know that that the average podcast only lasts seven episodes. That's uh...
0: yeah. Hey, you know, I, I got to uh, I got to like a hundred on my last one, and then I just quit. Like, nope. I got to like hundred and seven, and I was like, man, this sucks. I'm done. And I just quit. So, who knows these milestones don't mean anything um so how you doing man
1: <laughs> good pretty good
0: it's good uh, it's good but glad, glad you're doing well um i don't know Any, anything fun exciting going on in your your world
1: i mean nothing too crazy i guess you know flooded flooded basement uh getting that fixed i've been uh as we were kind of talking about a little bit before we got started i've been doing a uh series on substack working my way through the book of james uh the book of james is my personal favorite um my divorce and everything were kind of rough and uh james really kind of gave me a different perspective on life and and some different things and kind of helped me through so i've been i've been uh going through that chapter by chapter and i'm intending to get chapter four out uh tomorrow or sometime this weekend
0: soon enough it'll be it'll be out there soon keep your eyes peeled because it'll be there um that's good that's good oh yeah i've not been writing much i just i don't have like i started i was going to and i wanted to and just don't have time i I don't know i gotta make time and there's my dogs and that's why i don't have time Animals, animals and children, they eat all of your time. I swear. It's like. <sighs> if it's anyway. any
1: consolation, I can't hear them. So if oh, I good, can't good. hear them, that means none of our audience can hear them either.
0: That's good. I, I was going to keep like hitting the mute button like a million times tonight. And that, that's just obnoxious. So we'll we'll abstain from that. But um...
1: one one episode of my my own show, uh we had the windows open and the chickens and the dogs, and the goats were all just going nuts, and I tried to record the episode like five times, and I would get anywhere from five to 15 minutes in, and just get overwhelmed by animals, and finally, I started (laughs) over, and I said, all right, this is going to be the the Wild Wild West episode. You're going to hear goats, you're going to hear chickens, and you're going to hear dogs, and I'm not even going to try to edit any of it out. Just enjoy the ambiance of a small semi-rural indiana farm as we go through this episode and it turned out okay it wasn't all it wasn't overly distracting
0: that's good that's good i've always I've, I've wanted to do that you know just open my windows and let the chickens clock and everything but i don't even need to open my windows usually you can hear them just fine so <laughs> at least they're not in the house anymore um there's a few few episodes of shows i've done with with chickens in the bathroom and uh
1: those were interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those birds have now moved on to the ground. They're they're no longer with us. Um, but anyway, uh, so we're last few episodes. We've been kind of taking apart articles. Um, I feel like we've ended up on like LGBTQIA plus plus type issues for most of them. Honestly, like it, it seems like that's kind of some of the big controversy in, in the church right now is is stems from that right it stems from this this cultural view that's just infecting everything um and, and in when you when you look to the to the square of it to the base of it um biblically speaking like that's that's where we ended up today we're going to take apart um take a look at uh first corinthians chapter five um which again i think is going to kind of take us in the same direction a little bit um
1: well so. it's the rightly so, though, uh, kind of following the path we've been on some of the other stuff we've talked about with different articles and stuff. This is the scriptural foundation for where our position sort of comes from on a lot of this stuff. And this isn't, you know, first Corinthians chapter five isn't the only part of the Bible that
0: right
1: they go through this stuff. But it's one of the most clear examples. Uh, at least I, I think it's I think it's pretty clear
0: yeah I, I think it i think it is um i think it's one of those things too that kind of like it's i wish i knew greek i wish i could go back and and look at some of the the greek translation and see like and have an understanding of what these words actually mean not not as not the greek word understood as second language right not in terms of my English definitions and what does it mean, but actually understand it from the Greek perspective. Um uh, you know, I, I wish I could do that with like the whole Bible, which is I think you put a whole different layer on things that we kind of might miss or might not get through through translated uh words. But um yeah, so I don't know, you want to start reading? You want me to read the first first three or four? It's only 13 verses. We said so. You know, it'll it'll be short enough to go through. Or do you have it? You have it somewhere online? Okay, fine.
1: I've got it pulled up. I come like prepared.
0: I got pulled up, son.
1: What? Uh, okay. What? <laughs> this is a kind of an aside, but what? Uh, what translation do you use?
0: Uh, it's the King James.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I use generally for online. I use the New American Standard. Uh, my mm. yeah, my personal Bible that I keep uh, in the truck that I take to church with me and everything. That one is New King James, and then I've got a Zondervan uh, study Bible that is King James. Okay. Now that's um. I had I would try to find what are the most accurate translations and mm. King James and New American Standard were
0: two. Of, New American uh, Standard was up there, huh?
1: Yeah, it was in it was like number three or four. Um
0: oh, okay.
1: it was one of them that was they came highly recommended from from sources that I trust, like uh the gospel yeah. coalition and stuff like that. Like like I, uh... Desiring God, some of those like the ones that are very evangelical and mm-hmm. uh like very traditionally scripturally based. They they recommended New American Standard as one of the closest translation with especially for a good uh like more modern English translation like being really really accurate yeah. in terms of the wording and the way it's way it's put together so and I, I really like the new American standard it's it's easy to understand and read
0: okay. yeah i I've I've looked I've asked I've talked to a few people like there's a guy I know that um he you know he's been through seminary he's done a lot and he's he's pretty pretty well versed um I respect his his opinions a lot, and um you know, I think like there's different things that you can they're all a little bit different. They all have pros, they all have their cons, like there's some you know there's a Spanish translation that's older than the King James, you know, um that if you wanted to, you could pull that out and get through some of it um you know, and it is it's tough because that's one of the things when you, when you think about how the Bible that we have, you know, now, and it just kind of the way it all got funneled into one point, and and not translated, but um, collated into to what we have today. Um, well, know, that was I, one I of the
1: things that I looked at with it was um, from what I was reading, like the the NIV and some of the other translations, they take like the King James version and put it in a more Mm -hmm. palatable, like modern English version. Whereas the new American standard was actually a translation of the original
0: manuscripts
1: into the more modern English. So that's like, instead of it being a translation of a translation, it was the, it's the original instead of of playing
0: telephone 10 times over.
1: Right. And that's kind of one of the things that I, I I kind of wanted to look for was something that was going to be more close to the, close to the original text.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear you. All right. Sexual immorality rebuked. That's one thing. This this my Bible here, it's a there's it a cheap one I got off Amazon, but uh it doesn't have like the little subheadings really. It's got them on the top of the page, but it doesn't have all the, the little ones. So anyway, sexual immorality rebuked. Um this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. Um Corinthians were I don't know not the the best example of of uh what a christian should look like um
1: there's a reason he wrote two he wrote two letters
0: i think he he wrote four supposedly he wrote four and we only have two of them um there's there's a third one in the apocrypha but that that like i said earlier uh, off the off the show here like that's suspected to be written about two hundred two uh two centuries afterwards um, but I think based on based on the way they're written and and what we know of Paul's travels, I believe there was like a a third and a fourth. And if I'm correct, I think Second Corinthians that that we know Second Corinthians was actually like the third letter he wrote. Um, I think that Second Corinthians is kind of like okay, you guys been working on this and and here we are and you know. Um, whereas First Corinthians, he's like, hey, <laughs> dudes, <laughs> you're, you're not doing this right. Um, so anyway, uh, sexual immorality rebuked. Um, I'm going to read. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll read from there. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and sexual immorality of such a kind as does not even does not exist even among the Gentiles, namely that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed, removed from your midst. Um, so in my, in the King James, uh, sexual immorality is replaced with um, fornication, which I think kind of has the same meaning um, more or less. Uh, I think if you, I think sexual immorality is kind of uh, a broader compass, a broader spectrum. I think sometimes when you think just fornication, it's, it's just sex, right? Sexual immorality, I think goes beyond that. And I think that that's what he was getting to, right? Because, um, you know, someone takes his father's wife, well, it's just sex, but there's more to it. There's there's other immorality going on there, Um For I, on my part, though absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged him who is so committed this as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to turn such a person over to Satan for the destruction of his body so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. All right, let's, let's talk about those. So the sexual immorality thing going on. Um, Kind that does not even exist among the Gentiles. So when did when did he write this? Do we know? Like, do you know off the top of your head? Uh,
1: I had it pulled up. Suffice couple... it to
0: say that Christianity was fairly new. I don't even know if it really was called Christianity at that point, right? Um, right. And most uh, of the so Gentiles. It was, it was early on. Right. And so most of the Gentiles at this point are fairly pagan i would call them right i mean they they don't they don't believe in in yahweh they don't any of that right um and i i think you know we can imagine some of the i think when we think about like you know you think about roman culture and and the decadence and, and immorality that was going on there um you know you think about uh, uh i don't know celtic uh rituals right all this uh you think about right back in the old testament people um what was her name no oh, i don't know solomon built a temple to her uh for one of his wives but that was like a whole sex-based temple thing you know um you know, uh, banging banging the the priestesses and stuff like that um you know sacrificing babies and all that um and paul's saying there's there's this sort of immorality in in this church who's supposed to believe in christ um more so that even the gentiles don't do and that's pretty pretty damning um i think right uh and one of the things he he points out right uh someone has his father's wife so let me see for some reason in my head i'm thinking it's his stepmother right
1: yeah why am i
0: why am i thinking that
1: I'm trying to think of where it's uh, specified, um, and I th- I think it's actually. Hang on, let me look because I was looking at it earlier. I think it's in it's in either Proverbs or Leviticus. Where if you get into some of the like the research and the study Bibles and, and get mm-hmm. into some of the uh the things that they talk about in that in in Proverbs uh it's Proverbs six and leviticus chapter 20 um so it was not uncommon for for men to have multiple wives or to have remarried very quickly after like to be a single Mm -hmm. man in that society was uh kind of looked down upon so typically they would remarry very quickly and then um and you know, life life expectancy being what it was in those days, that people dying was not uncommon. <laughs> yeah. So the the father would pass away, and then the the father's son would then uh, in in Corinth, in particular here in this uh, example, but also I mean it's it's mentioned in Proverbs and Leviticus as well. So this wasn't something that was exclusively happening in Corinth at this time. It had happened previously in Jewish culture, and it had always been frowned upon um, that the father would pass, and the son would then take the father's new wife as his own wife. Um, and that's that. So that's kind of what it's it's getting into is um, I don't know crossing streams might be a, a crude way of putting it, but like that's. That's kind of what was happening, and and like I said, like this had this had always been frowned upon in Jewish culture, and Paul is kind of because the church is new. I think the this is uh, just a, a quick look. It's projected that this was written somewhere around fifty four A.D. So okay. the church is very new, and a lot of the people who are coming into this new Christianity were not necessarily Jewish. So they're taking some of these like cultural and societal uh norms and even in this case like not societal norms. Like they're doing this kind of um amorally, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like they're they're doing it for uh, social status and convenience of having a wife and and all of that stuff it's it's really kind of the whole thing the whole the way this works i mean it's it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it because it's Mm -hmm. you know it's not something that we would even consider in in modern times and honestly (laughs) they didn't consider it in those times like it was it was not something that that was uh considered a good thing to do but it had happened and apparently it was a specific person that done it and the church was uh, concerned about it and so he was addressing the specific concern that had come up and making sure that it was very clear like like Paul is pretty straightforward with rebuking things that are not right uh, like you know th- there's not a lot of moral ambiguity in what is and isn't right as far as this stuff goes and and this is not just you know for the new christian church but also from a traditional jewish standpoint this is not socially acceptable and so he this is a rebuke of that and and this is kind of so this is kind of paul clarifying and verifying to the church that they were right to uh have a problem with this and mm-hmm. giving them cl- uh, clarification that yes, like this is not the right thing to do. This needs to be addressed, and I I'm with you, and and am kind of acting as a a judge for you that you need to address this, and not just and it's not just that they need to address it because it's wrong, but because if they don't and they allow it, then mm-hmm. what you've seen throughout. You know, a lot of the Old Testament and Jewish culture is when something is allowed that goes against God's plan and, you know, God's purpose for the Jewish culture. Once they allow it, then it becomes the okay. norm. And when it becomes the norm, okay. then it becomes a thing that has a uh, degrading influence this... on their society and it and mm. always ultimately like the jews were bad about like as soon as they knock over that first domino mm. then they just keep on knocking over more and more until they go into full on you know degradation of their society and, yeah. and you know that's i mean that's kind of the story of the new or of the old testament is the jews mess up and god rebukes them and sets them back to the right path and then they they you know rinse and repeat right uh so this is this is paul kind of stepping in and saying like yes this is wrong we have to nip this in the bud
0: yeah that 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 slippery slope thing right you let you let a little thing slide and you don't take care of it um that to the root cause like it, it just it permeates everything you know he did that so i can do this and you know i'm not as bad as that one and um it just it it does it it gets into everything sours everything right little 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 leaven leaven's the whole lump right yeah he said that. yeah okay um okay yeah so he's he's kind of acting like a an intermediary there um agreeing with them saying like you know I'm with Christ like this is this is what you got to do and to deliver such as one unto satan for the dis- Destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus so that was one that always kind of like hung me up a little bit um that that we should turn someone over to Satan if we have a, a chance to to help them right to save them to to move them in the right direction um shouldn't we and I think one of the things I've, I've as I've looked at this verse more um I think it's kind of that rock bottom thing, right? Like you've tried, this church has probably tried to help this guy. It's probably not. I Maybe not. I don't know. But like, I imagine they tried to help him. And and Paul's saying at this point, like, you have to turn him out. You have to let him go. You have to let Satan destroy his body. And in the hopes that when he gets to this point, he'll recognize his wrongs and, and, come back and, and ask for forgiveness. Right. And he'll find his way back to Jesus that way. Um,
1: well, and that's, that's biblical as well. That's, so that's, that's from Jesus um, in, I can't remember the chapter of Matthew exactly, but in Matthew, Jesus kind of goes through the steps of the church for how to address someone who is unrepentingly sinful. And, and he says, you know, you, you go to them as a brother and you, you tell them like, look, this is, this is what's going on. And this isn't right. You need to, you need to turn from this uh, sinful way and return to God. And if they don't, if they still continue in that, on that path, then you take, you take someone else with you and you go together and you approach them and you say, look, this is what's going on. You need to turn from this. And if they still won't do it, then you bring them before the whole church and you, you say, look, we as a church family see that this is going on in your life and you need to repent. You need to turn away from this and come back in, come back into the fold. And if they still don't, then, then you are to treat them as a, well, what was it? Uh, as a tax tax collector or a Gentile. Like <laughs> you, you basically cast them out from the church and let them, let them go on their own way. And uh, so that 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 uh, that always kind of gets twisted by the non-Christian or anti-Christian crowd that you know uh, that that's casting people out and not loving somebody and that's not and that's not at all what it says. Jesus right. specifically says you know we're to love the Gentiles and to love the tax collectors and we're to treat them well, but they can't be a part of the body because right. that's a corrupting influence within the body of the church that cannot be allowed to remain. Now, that's that's what he's saying with this, you know, is he he specifically says, I have decided to turn such a person over to Satan for the destruction of his body so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Because right. we're not going to be judged in this life. Our judgment will come after death uh, on Jesus's return. So kind of the idea of that is to, to let them wallow in that and the the pain and the torment of that sin will be their reckoning so that when the time comes they will see the error of their ways and be returned to the lord
0: yeah and i think i think i think it's one of those things right that um if you've if you if you know christ in some part of your life and you turn away and you start doing things that are are not Christ like you know you you know they're wrong like it, and it it builds like even if you give up on faith completely like there comes a point where it, i think it just it 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 just you, you know you know in the depths of your soul that like what you're doing is just it's not right and as much fun as it may seem that night, like you know, the next morning, it's just you disgusted with yourself. Um you know, and I think that's kind of it, like that that torment of the body, right? You're you're following the body and eventually it catches up and you and you you recognize it and it just becomes too much and and it's like oh. Well what it's kind of that doing?
1: it's kind of that addicts path. Like mm-hmm. you know the you see that in recovery programs and stuff where like sometimes people have to hit a that absolute rock bottom to to find those depths of sorrow to realize i have messed up and i need to get my life right and so that's kind of i think that's kind of what this is is um from from the way verses one through four kind of lay it out like whoever this person is in this church they're unrepenting in this. They're, they're not going to turn from it. So we're going to let them go their own way. And mm-hmm. we're, we're going to let them, we're going to let them have that free fall. And, uh, the hope is that they will have that destruction of the body so that they can, they can hit that rock bottom and their spirit can be saved in the Lord when they, when they realize what they've done and, and where they are. Uh, that's it's that it's that tough love thing, and uh, I'm gonna close the I'm gonna close the uh, the scripture out, and we can kind of talk about this because it's it's one of those things that I think is missing in the modern church. Um, there's a shying away from any sort of a tough love idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's w- we have created this like kind of squishy just love everybody the way they are kind of a mentality in the church. And, and there's a a, a desire to stray away from, you know, at some point you just have to let people hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I understand that's, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, you know, if you've ever, uh, Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen people who are in the depths of that, that type of a, you know, degenerate sinful lifestyle, especially if you care for them. And, it, you know, for the, the early church, they were relatively small, close-knit, family-type communities. So to watch somebody that is a part of your very tight group have to hit rock bottom, that can be a, That's tough. a, a gut-wrenching type of a, a thing. So, yeah, like the the church in Corinth they know that this guy is in the wrong and they they kind of need Paul to tell them like you've got to cut him loose you've just got to let him go and and let this happen because it's going to be between him and God for and, the the savior the salvation of his spirit um like yeah. you've done you've done the right thing you've done what you needed to do and now it's kind of on him and i mean that's that's a hard that's a hard position to take even you know modern in the modern church and it's one that the modern church is not good at
0: uh you think about like like you said right a small tight-knit community that was probably somebody's like relative right could be a brother could be a son not not a son i guess but like you know it's probably like people related to that person right and if they weren't they knew that person really well um So, yeah. And and I think part of the thing with one of the things with like modern church, right? Like we too much doom and gloom, I think like, you know, like you have your fire and brimstone preachers and then you have like your, your Joel Osteen, like kind of, you know, positive imaging type preachers, um, and I'm not sure that that either one is necessarily a good thing. I, mean, I think the the too much doom and gloom, like too much fire and brimstone, I think you you can lose who Jesus actually is if all you're doing is preaching on all the the sinful things, all the the wrong things, all the bad stuff you do, you kind of lose some of that like the forgiveness and and that that side of of jesus um and i think you you end up scaring people into i don't even know if i'd call it faith into believing in something though um you know like i'm trying to think like like a little kid you know you don't go in that don't cross that fence because there's a really vicious dog and it's gonna like eat your face right like I, do you want to teach them like not to go there because they're scared? Or do you want to teach them like, don't go over that fence because that's not our property because that's somebody else's stuff because you need to like, listen to, you know, your parents, like what, like, why are we doing this? And I think sometimes the fire, then you get like the, the positive imaging people. And like, that's where I think you end up with, with like this thing in Corinth where like, you don't, you don't call out the sinful side of it you don't, you don't call that part out and you end up just like the Jews going down this slippery slope of, of mayhem. And before you know it, you have, you have nothing left. You've, you've lost the, the entire plot. It's gone. You're not Christian in any sense. Um, You know, and so I don't know. I mean, I think there's, I think part of the thing with the modern church is, is people are worried about their bottom line, right? Like Christianity is shrinking so to say, right? Like we've talked about that before, this, this idea that like churches are not, they don't have the same numbers. Um, and so I think sometimes like that, you know, preachers can tend to think about that. They want to grow because as they grow, their salary is going to grow. And, you know, the, I'm not saying all preachers are like that, but there's, there's plenty, I think that go into it that probably shouldn't be in it. right? just like teachers that teach that aren't shouldn't be teachers or you know doctors that shouldn't be doctors but went into it because they got a good paycheck and they they you know what i mean like there's plenty of people that end up in fields that they don't belong in and i don't to to think that your pastor is going to be any different i I think is blissfully ignorant um so i do i think it's you got i don't know find somebody that can can do a little bit of both because really if you don't call it out if you don't have some of that tough love, like it, it just, it does, it falls apart.
1: Well, and even the God of the old Testament, which, I mean, it's the same God throughout, but you know, uh, uh, there's sort of a old, old Testament God (laughs) was a little more, uh, a little more vengeful and a little more harsh with Mm -hmm. his, uh, with his people. But even the old Testament God didn't, he didn't command faith through fear. Like, when, when the people, when, when the Jews messed up, they were punished, but they didn't return to following God out of fear of his retribution. They followed God because of his promise and because mm-hmm. of the love and the forgiveness that he showed them. So, yeah, like it was it was a healthy mix of you messed up. There are consequences for messing up, but I also love you and you are my chosen people. So I'm going to take care of you. It's like, they're not, they're not returning to the right path because of fear of further punishment. They're coming back because of the promise of his love and forgiveness. So you've, you've got to have that, that tough love side of it, but you've also got to have that warm consoling side of it too. It it mm-hmm. has to be a blend of both. Like that's that's the way God loves throughout the Bible. Yeah. He he punishes when it's wrong and he forgives that wrongdoing and he welcomes you back with open arms. That's why the you know the prodigal uh the the scripture of the prodigal son is so powerful because it is a, a healthy dose of that tough love and having to hit that rock bottom, mm-hmm. but also that warm embrace of welcoming back when Repentance is, is earnest, and you come back sincerely asking for, for forgiveness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to gotta do it. Um, uh, what, yeah. <laughs> what else we got? All right. Move on. So he's done rebuking them. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. For Christ, our Passover also has been sacrificed. Therefore, let's celebrate the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth.
1: So I think what this is addressing is um, there was some hardship within the church because of what had happened in verses 1 through 5. And so... Uh, like the boasting people people knew that they were right and um that that Paul was going to back what they were doing but kind of so what this gets to is like a, it's a hardening of hearts like you can't just because you were right doesn't mean you now get to take the position of <laughs> high and mighty.
0: somebody yeah. And yeah
1: you don't get to lord it over anybody because I'm sure there were people who were who probably disagreed mm-hmm. thought yeah we should just let this dude hang around um So that's where it gets to the, the uh, verse eight. Let's celebrate the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So we're we're wiping the slate clean. We are going to come back to our fundamentals, to our our basis of what makes us strong as a church, and we're going to come back together and and move forward. We're going to put all of this old stuff aside and we're going to refocus on what it is that we are building as a church and as a community
0: yeah i think that's that's something that can be hard to do if you're not if you don't train yourself to do it right to to not hold grudges or to not um kind of put yourself up on a pedestal right when you are right like okay, you're right. Move along. You know, I think that's something that we, we put a lot of merit into, to being, to being right. Um, sometimes, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that kind of stuck out for me there. Um, you know, just, just let it go, right. Let the, let the grudges go do this out of, out of kindness and, and love, right. Sincerity and truth. Um,
1: well, you see this sort of stuff happen in modern churches, too, where there will be something that comes up and yeah. it'll split a church. There will be people taking one side or the other. And, and even when one side is very clearly right and the other one's not, uh, because of that boasting, because of that um, malice and wickedness of knowing that you are right and they, they they hold on to it that it ends up it'll end up splitting churches and you'll see um, actually there's a there's a church here that uh, from talking to people in the community like it had been at one time back in the back in the uh, late 80s early 90s it had been a very large uh, kind of thriving church and they had something similar had happened where it not not similar to like this particular
0: scripture, but they had
1: something that came up that it, it split the church. And even though uh it was dealt with the the people who were on the right side of it couldn't let go of being right. And so it mm-hmm. drove the it drove the rest of the congregation away and the and the church split and a second church opened up somewhere uh like several miles away from here and uh and to like to this day there are still people who will not come back to the old church because of like a hardness of heart because of the way that went down and that and so that you know i mean that's that is the foundation of verses six through eight here is like you have to you have to clean that old stuff out and you have to move forward unleavened. Uh, of all of those burdens and and be the body of christ together not not allow those those old things the to to carry over
0: yeah 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 I it, 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 it's, it's tough to do I, I like the imagery of the the leaven though um yeah i've made enough bread in my day to know that how, how that works or making fermented things if you get a little bit of the the bad bacteria from last time that, that you know ruined your your batch of whatever beer kombucha, you know. If you don't get that cleaned out, like it's gonna ruin the next one. Um you know, once in a while you you gotta start over from scratch, and that's that's what you do. Um I don't know. I've always I, I yeah.
1: I've I've always thought about the analogy of not burning bridges and Sometimes, so having done some mechanical and structural engineering type of stuff and, and worked in uh, like doing construction projects and stuff like that and, and project management, sometimes that uh, that foundation that's there is not going to support something new. If you build mm-hmm. on top, if you, you know, if you build back onto it, you're just building something that's going to be structurally unsound and weak and is going to fail again. So sometimes yep. you do need to burn that bridge. Tear down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to be stripped down and you've got to you've got to move forward fresh and new. And yeah. And there's a lot of ego that goes into that. There's a lot of self-reflection that has to go into that. And and I think in our in our modern society, <clears throat> we reflect the hardness of heart of the corinthians in that there is a lot of ego there is a lot of uh you know kind of being full of ourselves regardless of the situation that it's it's hard to strip that back down and just move forward um and that's like that's something that's that's very biblical is that we have to be able to remove ourselves and our own our own pride uh that's i mean that's one of the that's one of the scriptures of things that that God hates is, is pride. And, right, yeah. you know, we have to be able to put that aside and move forward for what is his goal for his kingdom and for his church.
0: Yeah. I, I, I you gotta want, like, I feel like it's tough for society today to do that and, and I'm trying to, wonder why you know um like what is it that that why do we have such a hard time letting letting go of grudges whether we be wrong or we're in the right you know like why you know you do something wrong you realize you're wrong and, and it can linger in the back of your head and, and you know maybe maybe you don't want to go talk to that person because they were right last time and now you you, you well you know you just avoid it or if you you're you're right sometimes it just kinda the you hold on to it. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how we, we work like that as, as a species, right? We kinda wanna be right. There's some sort of power or, or that ego part of things, I guess. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, it's uh it's it's that original sin thing, right? Like yeah. Adam and Eve hid themselves in the garden because they knew they were wrong. They didn't come forward, and I mean that's that is our nature from our very creation <laughs> was we mess up and we we don't want to admit it. We don't want to own it. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 who we are, and that's why I, I think. It's so important to to take these to take these words, uh, you know, from six through eight here and and to clean that out and to move forward, because that goes against our nature that that moves us towards God's nature and God's intent and plan for us. Like God, God knew what they did. Right. When when he came to the garden looking for Adam (laughs) and Eve, he knew exactly where they were. And he already knew exactly what they did, and if they hadn't hidden themselves, if they hadn't attempted to to lie, who knows what the outcome would have been? Because we've seen throughout all of the Old Testament, like God is a loving and forgiving God. That's mm-hmm. the, the punishment is is a an important part, but the more important part is the forgiveness, and to to wash all of that clean and to take a step forward fresh and new that is a thing of god not of our nature and that's why it's so hard but it's also so important as christians is to is to do that because that is that is against our nature as human beings that is in god's nature for us Uh, I mean, it's, it's the whole reason that Jesus was sent because we are not going to do it on our own. (laughs) We had to have that, that mediator to come and take our place for that.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting, interesting way to to look at it. Makes sense. (laughs) Makes sense. If we had, if they hadn't hit, I wonder how I do, I wonder what, what would have happened there. We'll never know. All right. Verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not at all mean with sexually immoral people of this world or with the greedy and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to leave the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is a sexually immoral person or a greedy person or an idolater or is verbally abusive or habitually drunk or a swindler, not even to eat with such a person. For what business of mine is it to judge outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church, but those who are outside God judges? Remove the evil person from among yourselves. So, <sighs> this, is there the, it is. this is the
1: piece <laughs> that, that I say, this is the piece that i really, really, really wanted to talk about uh, because there are some lines in here. Um, for what business is it? Uh, of mine is it to judge outsiders
0: right so
1: when when we're talking about this stuff see, and this is what's important and this is something that um like in the stuff that i've written and 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 when i try to talk about this stuff like i try to focus on uh so like we've talked about the the lgbtq stuff at nauseum uh, over the last several episodes whenever i try to approach this stuff uh, and this is something that this is somewhere that Christianity kind of gets a bad rap and that we're, we hate the gays and stuff like that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. we go after society on that. I, I, I try to make a sincere effort whenever I'm writing and, and talking about this stuff and, and looking at this sort of stuff not to make that mistake. I try to address it strictly from a how is the church and different denominations and different individual churches the people who claim to be christian the people who claim to be believers how are they responding how are they addressing Mm -hmm. this um like if if you're gay and you don't believe in god and you don't care about any of that stuff and that's you know it's not your cup of tea that's i mean yeah that's that's between you and God then like I I have as Paul says like what business is it of mine to judge outsiders I I have no bearing on you my right. my role as a Christian is to try to try to be a good witness and a good example so that maybe you'll see what I'm talking about you'll hear the words and you'll See God's plan for you, but that's between you and God. So I, I try to right. I try to craft the things that I do on this these sorts of topics towards how is the church responding because that's who we're accountable for is others within our fold other Christians and and like it says, um, you know, <laughs> remove the evil person from among yourselves. Like if we have people within the church who are pushing for sexual immorality people who are mm-hmm. um creating idols who are greedy uh, abusive we have to address that within the church but it it's yes we're going to we're going to call sin sin in the world but ours is not to judge those outside of our our ranks uh, yeah and that's a tough thing to do like yes, we need to be saying the right things, and we need to be presenting the correct message, but to not do it in a overtly judgmental, like going out and trying to slap people over the head with the Bible who don't even believe in the Bible to begin with. Right. What 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 are you accomplishing through that?
0: Yeah. Now, if uh, a Muslim guy comes up to me and tells me to take the the bacon off my cheeseburger you know, cause Allah doesn't like that. Like I, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to eat it. Cause that's not what I believe in. Like, you know? Um, and so I think like, even when you, if you were to, to say something to someone that doesn't believe in in God about their, their sin, like you're not, you're not making any ground. And, and if you do it too heavily handed I think you you end up pushing that person even further away from from any chance of of finding God in the end, right? Because now now they have this this negative image of of you know, Westboro Baptist out there with their 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 placards like you know causing a ruckus. like that that's not that's not what you need to be doing. That's not going to bring people to God at the same time, you you're right. right. We don't need you don't need to accept it. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean give them a pass and, and let it go. You know, you still need to, to, if if they want to come into, to the fold, you still need to call that out. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know.
1: That's like, if I'm having a conversation with somebody that I know is atheistic or agnostic or, Muslim or whatever or some like new new spiritual type of thing. If they're not Christian, then my conversation is going to be a lot different. I'm I'm -hmm. probably not going to focus as much on scripture and direct scripture references because what's that? That doesn't mean anything to those people, right? So Mm -hmm. and you and you have to there has to be a nuance in the way that you approach the the things of the world and the way that you talk to people who are of the world, as opposed to the way you talk to people of faith. If somebody's coming to me with an argument about, like I wrote an I wrote an article, I don't know, it's been a uh, couple months ago, where there are a bunch of different scriptures that are twisted and used to uh, make it seem like homosexuality is supported in the Bible so this is being this this is being written by people who are christian who are within the church within the faith because they're using tri- scriptural references to try to, to try to um yes. make that make that case so i'm going to i'm going to approach that in a much different way than i would somebody who's completely outside of the faith and just trying to say that you know what are what is it hurting or something like that like from right. a completely um uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? Secular. Secular. Yes. I don't know why I drew a blank on that all of a sudden. From a completely <laughs> secular perspective. Uh, so, yeah, it, it has to be. There has to be nuance in the way that we approach these things. And and what our call is, as as Paul talks about here, is it's our job to to police ourselves within our our church and within our community, and not. I mean. Not, not to handle the outside world in the same way we would handle yeah. Christianity. Uh, yep. And that's I mean, that's a hard thing to do, because especially when we're looking at the world as it is today and the just rampant degeneracy that's that's you know running wild through a increasingly secular population, uh, it's it's hard to do that. But at the same time, what we're seeing within the church we have to so it goes back to the the scripture about you know you're trying to remove the the splinter from from your brother's eye while ignoring the log in your own like that's where this that's where this comes in we as the church have the log in our own eye and we Mm. need to get that out before we before we can ever even start to think about going out and judging Mm. the rest of the world and trying to remove their splinter like it, we have to be inwardly focused. So the you know the first step towards uh, you know judgment is we have to judge ourselves. We have to remove that the plank from our own eye, and it's the same for the church. Like we we have to we have to judge ourselves, and we have to take care of our own before we before we do anything else. And we have enough problems that we could do this
0: for yeah, eternity, yeah. really. <laughs> I think I think that's one of the things that like as a kid growing up Presbyterian, I don't ever really recall hearing too much about like the body of Christ, right? Like the church being the body. That was something that I, I, I heard more, I recognized more, I saw more. Um as I came back to to the faith, as I, I, you know, joined a Baptist church down here in Georgia, that was, that was when it kind of clicked like, Oh, like here we are. This, this is what this, I think we forget about that. Like the bot, like, what is the body of Christ? Like what we, as the church, the church is the body. And, and that's, that's what a lot of this stuff is speaking to, right? It's not talking about, you know, calling out the world for all its evils and sins and you know yes that's part of it but like it's really it's this introspection of of the church body and that's that's where we are and i feel like that i don't know if that's just a, a something i didn't i didn't grasp as a as a young adult or if it's something that just was absent from the churches i went to um you know, I don't know, but I I do, I think that's something that like we need to remember, right? That like we are the body, like we are this representative and and we need to behave in such a manner that's, that's biblical. And it's not just, it's not just on the individual level, right? It's not just like you and me, Ben and Justin, like behaving. It's, This whole body, this whole entity, this whole structure of of what we call uh, the the church and how that's reflected. Um, The
1: the church is currently fraught with weak and poor leadership. And we're all called by different gifts to be leaders in the church in one way or another. So it's our jobs to hold our church bodies accountable for what God has called us to. And and it starts with having conversations like this, and then taking these conversations to like like if we see that our church is is in the wrong, then we have those conversations. If we have connections with uh so you know, I've talked about being part of the Emmaus board. Um here in this area. And and we have these conversations semi-regularly because we have several pastors who are from different churches. We have a uh I'm trying, I'm trying to remember how many churches ex- exactly it is that are represented within our Emmaus community. It's like 40, between 40 and 50 churches wow. in this area that are represented in our community. Uh, you know, the community stretches across like seven counties. Um it's it's a large area. And we as a board have these conversations about you know, what's going on within the United Methodist Church, like we had talked about on the last episode, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on within the church body as a whole, what's going on with our organization, and how are we going to address this stuff, and we can kind of set a tone for how we all move forward together, not just at my church and at the Mm -hmm. other people's churches, but as as a Christian community in this area, and that's you know that's what we need more of in modern society is the church coming together uh to have conversations i know the the churches in in Evansville um a lot there are a lot of pastors who get together s- semi regularly i think it's once a month or once every other month but they get together and have like a like a breakfast and they pray over the city and over the churches and they talk about what's going on and how they can you know work together to build a strong faith-based community in Evansville and to go out and to pray over schools and do stuff like that. Yeah. And and that's something that uh, the early churches did. Like these were, these were assemblies of different churches that met in people's homes. You know, they would be 20 people to a church, but that mm-hmm. was, you know, that was the church and they all would get together to, you know, Having that unity in our our communities is something that we need more of. And as we build those strong communities, then that starts to branch out from you know from the churches here in this area to the churches in the state, to the churches in the tri-state mm-hmm. area, to you know to our district, to whatever. And and it's but it has to start local, like with most things. Um, you you have to start at home and and and. It- grow it from there
0: it goes back to the little little leaven leavens the whole lump i mean like if you got if you got good leaven use it you know um those monks that that brew brew something beer brewing monks like they you know they got some good bacteria in their casks and they reuse it and that that inoculates everything thereafter um it's the same thing with with us you know like leaven with with what when you say truth and strength truth and i don't remember something <laughs> sincerity truth and sincerity Sincerity and truth uh, yeah, so. i don't know man anything else
1: I feel like we I feel like we covered that pretty thoroughly
0: yeah that was good it's good all right come back next week justin you want to, uh, to plug your plug your your stuff there
1: oh uh, yeah check out my Substack. it's uh campbellj.substack.com uh like i said i'll have chapter four of james coming out sometime uh shortly or may possibly be out before this comes out but, uh
0: i'm gonna do it quick i'm gonna do it quick I promise. all
1: right quick turnaround on this episode <laughs> this week's episode i gotta uh, finish
0: last week's episode first
1: <laughs> so this this one, uh this one come out quick uh, i should have james chapter four up this weekend and then uh i've actually got um the the two the two scriptures that we had talked about or that i talked about briefly earlier in this uh proverbs and leviticus um, I'm I'm gonna do those whenever I finish up James. So uh, I'm gonna do those together. It's probably gonna be a longer one, but that I I'm I really feel like uh, I saw a thing today, and it it really struck me that those needed to be talked about, and we may we may talk about them as well more in depth, but uh, at some point down the road. But that'll be my next thing after I finish up with James is is I'm gonna be working on uh, the Proverbs and Leviticus on the things that God hates.
0: Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Well, we will. Well, these people will see us next week. We won't see them. That's right. But, uh, unless you want to leave a comment, send us an email. And be like, hey, say hi. We're or open not, to that, feedback. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Feedback is always cool. Always cool. <laughs> All right. Later. See ya.